Our reading will be Matthew 27, we'll begin with verse 20, and we'll finish through 26. Matthew 27, verses 20 through 26. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather there was a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. It is wonderful to see everybody. It's wonderful to uh, worship with you as well. And our prayer is always that, that God is glorified. And, and from the sounds of it, from where I was sitting, uh, our prayer is that he was pleased with what he with what he heard and what we did. I don't know if you've noticed this, but bad things happen when Satan shows up. Bad things happen when, when Satan shows up. You think about this, you go back to the beginning. He's been, he's been messing things up from the beginning. You think about Eve in, in uh, the garden, 2 Corinthians 11.3, Paul says that that the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning. You think about Job and how he lost everything in, in just a matter of moments. He finds out that everything, including his children, are gone because Satan, Satan took them out. Bad things happen when Satan shows up. Shows up in 1 Chronicles 21.1, Satan incites David to number Israel because bad things happen shows up. And then we read in Luke 22, 3 through 6, that Satan shows up and enters into Judas Iscariot's body and he, he deceives, he, he gives Christ up, betrays him because of Satan. You think about Ananias in Acts 5, 3, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? To lie to the Holy Spirit. Satan shows up in Ananias' life, fills his heart, and bad things happen. Bad things happen. What about the world? Satan's showing up. He's been beginning, and he's been messing things up since the beginning. I don't know if I don't know if we understand this, or maybe maybe most of us do, and some of us don't. And I've had discussions about this with people, and sometimes they will get uh, offended when you say when you tell them that that Satan is in this world and he's and he's running it. Not only is he running it, but he's running it. Listen to some scriptures about Satan and him being in charge. First John five nineteen. We know we're from God. And the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Revelations 2, 9, 
refers to, to Satan as the deceiver of the whole world. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. And Ephesians 2.2 2, refers to him as the prince of the power of the air. And then John 12.31, the ruler of this world. Satan's in charge down here. And he's been in charge and he's shown up and he is around and he's ruining things because bad things happen. He has a terrible reputation as someone who creates chaos, someone who destroys, and rightly so. Some of the words that are used to describe him, John 8, 44, he's a murderer. 1 Thessalonians 3, 5, he's a tempter. Revelation 12, 9, he's the deceiver of the whole world. He's the father of lies. Terrible things have been happening since the beginning. Whenever and wherever Satan shows up, on the other hand, and thankfully, great things happen when Jesus shows up. Wonderful things. Stan just read from, from scriptures talking about this Barabbas being set free in place of Jesus. Jesus shows up and Barabbas lives, even though he deserved to die according to the Roman law. So just for a few moments this morning, we're going to look at, look at some things that happen when and where Jesus shows up in various places of our lives. I have three areas that I want to talk about. And first is in the head. When Jesus shows up in the head, if you would go to Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 through 8, we're going to read in just a few moments. I don't know if you know what an earworm is. What an earworm, sounds kind of gross, sounds painful. But it's in reference to a song, a tune that you can't get out of your head. You've heard it and now it won't leave. And it's dry, it might drive you crazy or you might enjoy it. Whenever we sing the song, Poor Wayfaring Stranger, that's stuck in my head for a week or so. And I like it. I love that song. Addie and I are getting ready to sing to perform uh, at the Valentine's banquet. And one of the songs that we've been working on, it has stuck in our minds all week long. And we find ourselves humming it and then singing harmony with humming harmony with each other. But it's an earworm and it won't get out. I, I like the song again. But what about the negative aspects? What if we talk about mind worms? Mind worms. Things you can't get out of your mind, but you would like to. Things that you've seen that you didn't mean to, or things that you allowed yourself to see that you know that you absolutely shouldn't have. Places you've been that you never should have gone, but you can't get those memories out of your mind because they are mind worms. We've all had terrible mind worms in our lives and our heads that we would love to forever forget. Because when we don't have Christ in our heads, bad things happen. Bad things happen. But when Christ shows up in our heads, our minds start to change. Verse 5 of Philippians 2, let this mind be in Christ 
be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And we're going to go through some scripture. What does it look like when, when someone has the mind of Christ? What things are what, what things show up? What are some of the aspects of having a mind of Christ? Well, as we go through Philippians 2, verses 2 through 8, we're going to highlight some of those things. So Paul says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. And then let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Being in the form of a God, of God, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant or a slave and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of on the cross, you see some of the characteristics of someone who has Christ in their head. What a way to think. What a wonderful thing to have rolling around in your mind, a mind worm in the positive. Go over to Ephesians 3.16, if you would. Ephesians... We're going to look at some scripture there. When Christ shows up in a heart, great things happen. When Christ shows up in a heart, we're going to look. I think I told you the wrong, the wrong place, but we're going to look at Ephesians 3.16, and we are going to do that. According to the riches of the, we're going to start in 1619 through 19, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit and inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He may dwell in your hearts through faith. We. Uh, Christ shows up in our heads. Christ shows up in, in a place where, where he wasn't before and things going to start to change. Things are going to be different. Things are going to look different as we look through, uh, through the world with the mind of Christ. We're going to look at Philippians 4.8 now, finally. And we're going to look at some characteristics, some other things that we need to be thinking about, that we can be thinking about, some things that will be rolling around our heads when Christ is in our head. Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable. And if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 
Great things happen when Jesus shows up in a head. Great things happen when Jesus shows up in a heart. We're going to go over to Ephesians 3.16 through 19. You know, we use this phrase by heart. I don't know if we use this as much as we used to, but when someone would memorize something, we would say, I learned it by heart. A poem, a song, uh, just some lyrics to songs, lines in movies. I know this movie by heart. I don't hear that much anymore. But before Christ shows up in someone's heart, Bad things are being stored there. Ungodly cycles are in the hearts of of people with hearts without Christ in them. And we do things by heart. Ungodly habits are formed in the hearts of those without Christ. But when Christ shows up in a heart, great things start to happen. Hearts change. And as we read Ephesians 3.16 again, that according to the riches of glory, notice 17, so that Christ might, might, may dwell in your hearts through faith, you being rooted, grounded in love. What happens? That, that you, we can comprehend what's the breadth and le- length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ. When Christ is in our hearts, we know about God's love. We know about Christ's sacrifice. We know the motivation behind Christ, Christ, Christ's sacrifice. We see Romans 10, 9 and 10 up on the screen because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You think about this idea of allowing Jesus, not just get in your mind, but the more you think about him, the more you learn about him, the more you start to love him and appreciate him and realize that God loves you as well. And he comes into your heart and with your heart, with your heart, you believe that God raised him from the dead. You believe that he's alive still, that Jesus is, and you will be saved. And it's a process of allowing your mind to understand and your heart to understand what, it, what has gone on and what is going on so that you can get to heaven. And from that belief and understanding, you start making decisions from your heart, heartfelt decisions to obey God's will in order for you to get to go to heaven. That process starts and ends with you being baptized in the Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and great things happen when Jesus shows up in someone's heart. Great things happen when Jesus shows up in a home. Look at Ephesians 5, 22 and 23. I'm going to throw some names up on the the screen of, of, of people whose homes Jesus came into, and wonderful things happened. You think about Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, and he shows up in their homes, and he taught them in Luke in, in Luke 10, he taught them what was important. When Jesus shows up in homes, they learn what the important things in life really are when Jesus is in a home. You think about Zacchaeus' house. Zacchaeus, a tax collector, chief tax collector, he's he's working for the Romans. He's despised by the Jews and he wants to see Jesus and he goes 
to see him and Jesus calls him and goes to his house and is eating with him and teaching him and being with him and, and accepting him as a person and Zacchaeus, when Jesus is in his home, he, he changes. He repents of his way of life. Think about Jesus showing up at Jairus' home where his daughter has died in Mark 5, 21 through 43. Jesus shows up in, in his home and his daughter is healed, brought back to life. And that happens in homes where Jesus shows up. Children spiritually will come alive again sometimes. And for the first time, Jesus shows up in a home. You think about Andrew and Simon's house. Simon Peter's house where his mother-in-law is sick and in Mark 1 and Luke 8 and Matthew 8, she is healed. And when Jesus shows up in homes, families learn that family members are important and they are to be taken care of. What about Simon the Pharisee's house? A sinful woman shows up. Sinful woman shows up in Luke 7. She washes his Jesus' feet. They know who she is and how she is. But when Jesus shows up in homes, humility and servanthood is spotlighted. What about the house? It's just referred to in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, where a paralytic is let down through the, through the roof by his friends. And Jesus heals him and not only heals him, but forgives him of his sins. Because when Jesus shows up in a home, people get together and they help each other get to Christ. When Jesus shows up in homes. Look at Ephesians 5, 22 through 23. When Christ shows up in a home, great things start happening. You see that wives start submitting to their husbands. 22, 24, and 33. And husbands start treating their wives with love, respect, and honor in verses 25 and 28 and 33. And children start respecting and obeying their parents and following their rules in Ephesians 6, 1 and Colossians 3, 20. Great things happen. Fathers start treating their children with love and care and bringing them up in the training and admonition of the Lord according to Ephesians 6, 4, that instruction, great instruction for fathers. And then we have a beautiful picture of Christ's desire to be in houses. Revelation 3, 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus wants in. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Do you allow Christ to come into your home? And do you commune with him? Do you feast on God's word together as a family consistently? I'm going to stand up here and tell you... This guy doesn't do it like he should. And maybe we all feel inadequate to a point. But Jesus really wants in, into our homes. He really wants to be there. And when we let him in, Christ shows up and wonderful things happen. Great things happen when Jesus shows up in a head, in a heart, and a home. I want you to ask, ask yourself and answer these questions. 
as we as we wrap this up. Who and what is in your head constantly? On what do you loop? Who, on who? On who do you loop? On whom? What do you think about constantly? What is the last thing that you really looped on, that you really ruminated on, that you, your mind weren't? What is the last thing that you realized, I have been thinking about this nonstop for a certain amount of time? Who is, and what is in your head constantly? Another question, what things do you know by heart? What things do you know by heart? Throughout the years, it's been interesting to me to watch an older Christian as they age and their memory starts to fade. And, and, but they've been in Christ for so long and they've been in his word for so long that while they might not remember names and faces and places, they can sit in a pew and when you sing Jesus loves me. When you sing to God be the glory, they know every single word because it's in their hearts. When you start reciting scripture, you see their mouths start moving because they know God's word by heart. What things do you know by heart? And finally, who is the most important member of your household? Who's the most important? If your answer to those three questions, if your answer wasn't Jesus, then things need to drastically change in your life. This last question, has Jesus shown up in your life? Have you experienced the great things that happen when Jesus comes into your head, comes into your heart, and you allow him in, into your heart? Have you experienced those things, those blessings, a way of life that you can be proud of, a way of life that you can have hope in getting to heaven by living? Has Jesus shown up in your life? Sometimes some of us Christians try to kick him out of our lives. Sometimes we, we get into a cycle of sin and, we're, and, and we just won't let him back in. That needs to change if you're in that situation. And you know if you are, and I'm not accusing anybody, but we've all been there, I believe, in my heart. But if you've never let Christ into your head and your heart, into your life, but you believe that Jesus is God's son and you are ready to act on that belief that you have in your heart. You've learned about him and now you have learned to love him and want to be a part of him. And you're ready to repent of your sins and confess them before men and put him on in, in baptism, have your sins forgiven and him be in your heart and you be in him and let great things happen. If you're ready to do that, if there are any other needs that can be met by coming forward now, let us, let us know your needs. We'll pray with you, we'll rejoice with you, and we will love watching you become a child of God and letting Jesus in. Let's stand and sing as we contemplate these things.